We're going to go ahead and pray real quick. Amen. Amen. Fathers, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you this morning, God, for simply waking us up, oh God, giving us another chance and see another day that was not promised. God, we ask you, God, to touch our hearts, open our minds, oh God, that we will receive what you have in store for us this morning. God, we just surrender all unto you because you are God and God alone. Father, we just thank you, God. We appreciate you so much, oh God, for giving us new life. And Father, we thank you for this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. If you would, let's read our confession. Got a confession? Please help me read. Let's read together. God's word prescribes my blessed life. I am what it says I am, and I can do what it says I can do. Therefore, all that the Lord has said, Amen. Let me ask you this before you take your seats. How many of you guys were here last week? Good, good. Go ahead and take your seats. Now, let me ask you this. Did you actually read and sign the certificate of ministry of reconciliation? Yeah, you did, huh? Okay. Because the truth of the matter is that you are called, you have been anointed, and you have been empowered with the authority to go out into the world. Amen? And so Pastor Keith has been talking about this series, what? Being mission-minded. Being mission-minded. And I'm here to tell you that we are without excuse. And I'll share with you, the message is always to the messenger first, right? So this was a little challenging, all right? Because when you're in any relationship, every now and then you got to what? You got to what? Check in. Like I have to ask my wife, if everything's okay? Am, am I doing good? You know, I need to check the temperature just to make sure things are squared away. So, uh, and I want to know, are we real? We call Christ followers, so how do we measure that? And so my question that I, came to me was, am I pleasing to God? <coughs> am I pleasing to God? All right, so let's look at the scripture. It's going to be coming from Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, uh, New Living Translation. And let's read that. For God is what? Working you, giving you the desire and the power to who? Please who? Okay, to be in harmony, to be in sync with him, to do his what? Good purpose, not your own. And so are we pleasing God? And so I would tell you this, the book of Philippians was written by Apostle Paul, all right, and to the followers at Philippi. And he established that church on his second missionary journey. And I'll tell you this, you can actually sum up the whole book of Philippians, I can, into one word. And that word is encouragement. Encouragement. Paul was wanting to boost or cheer on those followers that were at Philippi because he wanted to show his, his, his appreciation to them for what sharing with him. And so like Paul, I want to do the same exact thing this morning is simply just encourage you. Because let me ask you this, how many are going through right now? If, you, if you're going through, somebody's actually have come out and somebody's getting ready to go in. Just like Apostle Paul, he was in prison, but he was writing to the church to what? Encourage them to say, it's okay. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Be obedient 
so you can please him at the end of the day. And so I would tell you this, when I was reading the book of Philippians, the word joy and rejoice occurred like 16 times. And this caused me to ask, if I'm pleasing God, or am I making God smile and be happy and rejoice? And then the converse, Pastor Rondia asked myself, uh, do I have that same ability to cause my God to send me a spiritual text that says, uh, SMH. And for the longest, I didn't even know what that was. I, I, I did. I had to ask my daughter, Steve. I said, what is this? I'm getting all these. I'm like, what, what is this? You know, and that's shaking my head. My, so my question is God shaking his head at you? Is he giving you the emoji with his hand over his face, looking frustrated, embarrassed? at this inaptitude person or the situation that we may be in. Is he, what, shaking his head at Brother Warner? And you have to personalize that. And you know what? Um, one of the TV shows, I, I like Mario now. I don't watch a lot of TV, but this one TV program caught my eye. It's called Live PD. Live Police. And I didn't know a lot of people are driving without license. I didn't know. I just assumed, Brother Mike Hollinger, that everybody was good, legit. You know, I didn't understand that there was a lot of DUIs, uh, a lot of the accidents that occur. And I always wondered, I said, man, um, when those people get caught, do they ever go back and watch the show or their family members? Do they like, is that you? Did you, did you do that? Man. So anyway. But I just want to look, I just, I just caught my attention. But let's look up the objective. We're going to look at the objective today. We want to explore and then rehearse. We want to repeat some things because we got to get this in us. Some practical ways in which we can make wise or godly choices that will result in God being delighted or pleased with what? Our lifestyle and ultimately bring him glory. Somebody say the choice is yours. You know what? This is very sobering to me because the one thing I realized looking at that scripture, I said, man, God knows me. He loves me. He's concerned about me. But most of all, he's working in me. He's working in me. And the same can be said about you. God knows you. Okay. He loves you and actually the Bible says he's concerned about you. And, but he wants a return on his investment. He's working in us. Amen. So let me ask you this. When was the last time you can recall clearly knowing God was using you or giving you the thumbs up? I know when uh, I was coaching my daughters uh, in basketball, one of the things I would do was when they're doing real good, I'd give them the thumbs up. Or if I'm on the sidelines, I'd give them the thumbs up because they know they're doing good. They're pushing, they, they're going to the limit. They're giving their best. And so uh, it's always good to know, God, am I pleasing you? I don't know, God, I, I need to know, am I pleasing you? So when I looked at that word working in us, in the Greek it's called ergon. It's meaning, it's a verb that means to work, which is derived from the word which we get, what? Energetic, lively. But I took another step further and I looked at it and said, to be active, to produce what? An effect. 
Meaning he's looking for some results. He's looking for some what? Outcome. Meaning that he wants to show some evidence. God wants to make himself known in your life. When you're in H-E-B, CVS, Brother Brandon, when you're going about your day, I heard Jacob was on the football field, even on the football field, Jacob, when you, what, uh, you, you, you was playing, what, offense? Right, you play offense, and you smash somebody or pancake them. Guess what, God, God wants to use you to help that other person up that you did the pancake with. <laughs> Amen? So God is looking for a difference. He's looking for a difference. People are looking for a difference to make impact. Because at the end of the day, people really want to hear your testimony as Christ followers. So that's when you can tell your story, and then you can share the gospel. But what is the gospel? Christ came, he died, and he rose again. But guess what? That's not the end of the story. He's coming back. He's coming back for us. So that reminds me that working is three different things. That working is what? Relational. That means it's covenant. My ergon is acted out in love. So you probably heard Pastor Keith say this a lot, and I embrace this. I now live for the one who died for me. So I'm asking a question to myself, what more do you want, God? What, what else could I do for you? you? You gave all for me, so I'm going to reciprocate it. What can I do for you? So it's relational. And then another aspect of work is submittal. That means we surrender. I surrender my time, my talents, and my treasures. This surrender is not forced. God doesn't want artificial intelligence. He wants your what? Free will. And it's something about, Pastor Terry, when I thought about the military coming under authority, it is something unique about coming under something. You know what? Guess what? Think about the umbrella. It can be storming and raining outside, but you pull out that umbrella, guess what? It what? Covers you. Even though everything is going on, you're covered. And that's what God wants to do. You come up under that authority where there's peace, there's tranquility, there's love, there's comfort, and you stay dry. <laughs> Amen? So another thing working does is that transformational. Now, if you would have been at Core Academy this morning, Pastor Terry broke that thing down. Transformational. So God is truly working inside out. And it's a gradual process. Sometimes things are gradual, some things are very radical. It depends how much you embrace this truth of righteousness, knowing that it's only through Christ that we have this new life as Christ followers. Amen. And not only that, we need to start applying what we have learned. When we look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, look at this with me. It says, it doesn't what matter whether we have been circumcised, meaning the Jew, or not, or Gentile. What counts is whether we have been what? Transformed into a new creature. God is looking for transformation. He wants us to look like his son. He's looking for a new creature. Amen? And so when you're looking at that transformed, as you develop, as you develop your Christ-like Christ -like walk, we look at uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, and so whenever you put something on, you got to take something off. 
So he wants us to take off the old so we can what, put on this what? New nature and be what renew as you what learn. That's ongoing. That means it's continuing until we die. It's called lifelong learning. So what do you want to learn about? Your creator. And you learn it from that word, the Bible. So you can what? Become like him. How do you become like him? How do you learn? What's the environment you want to set the stage in? So one of them is Core Academy. Another one we partake, partake during the week. Y'all, come on, somebody come on up here and teach this. Life group. Life group. Another one is corporate prayer. It's all to your benefit. In Pastor's show last week, I think Pastor Dan mentioned earlier, these journey groups. Because you can't do life by yourself. It's miserable not being connected to the body. It's miserable. And so sometimes you think you're the only one going through. But the truth of the matter is, we're all going through something. Amen? So we can be helpers one to the other. Amen? So let's get to the points of the message. We're going to look at the anatomy of a God pleaser. The first one is, know that you are actually what? Loved by God. You have to embrace that. You have to comprehend that. That you are serving and pleasing the audience of one. We have to recognize that. People... I tell you what, my love for God and for y'all, I can say y'all, or you, y'all, is the response or my obedience to his agape love for me. Love actually unites us. It's oneness. It's bringing it together. And the enemy hates that. He likes disunity. He likes to uncover. He likes to destroy. He likes to kill. He likes to steal does the opposite of what God intended us for us to do. So I want you to watch out for those individuals who do not want to reconcile. I want to put you on notice. Just recognize that God doesn't like that. We have to, as you learn about the God that you serve, he likes unity and oneness. Because if you're in the body, if my heart stopped beating, guess what? Start acting up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause havoc everywhere else. So I got to get in line. Amen? So this love, let's look at this love because I didn't love God first. I don't know about y'all. I didn't love him first. First John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 reads, it says this. And love consists of this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atonement or substitute sacrifice for our sins. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have he, what, eternal life through him. This is it, folks. This is real love, the agape love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. So love was truly demonstrated. How? By sending his only one son. Because naturally, think about us. We're selfish. We don't want to give up nothing. We're self-centered. It's all about us. How many of you would give your first for the murderer? How many of you would give your first for the pedophile? 
How many of you would give your first for a cheater? I see a lot of shaking heads. It's just not going to happen. But he did. Amen. So love, another one, is love is for our benefit. At the end of the day, we win. We gain what? Eternal life. Now, I don't want to die and be separated from God. It's a place called what? For like hell. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but it's still real. It's still hot. It's still burning. It's still consuming. I don't want to go there. Not because of that, because I want to be with God. Amen? So it's through our life, our faith in Christ alone. That seals it. That does it right there. Our faith in Christ alone. Amen? Another one, love is sacrificial. It required a penalty that had to be paid. How did it get paid? By the shedding of sin-free blood. Now I can be justified. I can be sanctified. Now I can call myself righteous only through him. Amen? Another one, love is relational. It's not legalistic. It's not a bunch of rules. It's not about religion that manages sin that we talked about this morning. Amen? Now write this down. I didn't put this one in. Love is attractive. Love is attractive. Why do I say that? Because it draws others to the person of Christ. I remember uh, being stationed in Minot, North Dakota. Y'all know what it's at? I didn't. I had to look it up on the map, Chris, coming from Germany. And they had a saying, why not, my not? Anybody can? What, what is it, Vanessa? Freezing is the reason. The reason they say that, my not, man, it is bone-chilling Arctic cold. It's so cold that you have to, what, plug up your car at night or during the daytime because it will freeze the block engine. But what really caught my attention were these young brothers, uh, Mike, uh, Mitch, Eddie Gillum, Brother Davis, Brother Epps, those men I was watching from afar. And these men loved God and they loved each other and they served and that was attractive to me. And I said, I want what they have. And what they had, Brother Brandon, was God. They had Christ in their life. And what they demonstrated to me, and Mike Hollis, you can remember this, sometimes the snowdrifts would get, what, six feet, sometimes nine feet high. And I would actually, and these brothers demonstrated the love for single mothers. And when people were deployed, we would go out and shovel their snow early in the morning before we went to work. I said, my God, y'all must love God because <laughs> and it was so cold. It's minus. It's negative degree weather. When it get to zero, that's when we would barbecue and wash our cars. <laughs> it was that cold. But Jesus told his disciples, he was asking, and he's even asking us today. So you want to be a Christ follower. You want to be a disciple of mine, right? You want to have the ministry of reconciliation, right? He said, try this on, Brother Varner. And I didn't realize it, but love is a command. It's a mandate. It's an order. It's a directive. It's not a passive suggestion. When we look at John chapter 13, 
34 through 35, he says, guess what? A new commandment I give you that what? You love one another as I love you, that you also what? Love one another. This, but by this, what? All will know that you are what? My disciples or Christ follower. If you what? Love one another. Amen. So here's an application. Love is one of the most effective forms of evangelism. People want to see it. Don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't just tell me. One of the things, the two ministries that I, I love so much that they do here and now y'all do here, we do here, is Haven for Hope. Outreach. A new ministry. Prison ministry. Man, that's going to change lives, man. That love by demonstrating actually going out beyond these four walls. Living the life so others can be what? Attracted. So we can build the kingdom. Amen? It's all about the kingdom. So, next point. We must stop or unbusy ourselves so we can be open, be attentive, and what? Listen to God. God is still speaking in a small, still voice. He will talk to you. But are you listening and are you hearing? Now, guess what? There's a difference between the two. Listening is simply perceiving the acoustic waves with these two things on our head. But hearing is actually when you consciously choose to do, and guess what? It re requires concentration so that the brain can process the meaning for these words and sentences. Check this out. There was a Har in Harvard Business Review, they looked at the unused potential. It was stated that people in general do not know how to listen. They have ears to hear very well, but seldom have acquired the necessary oral skills which would allow those ears to be used effectively. That was a statistic done. 85% of what we have learned is what? Through listening. Not by talking or reading, it's by listening. Here's another stat. Less than 2% of us have had formal training in what and how to listen. Brother John Mendoza last week shared a word that I thought was so prevalent, that's so meaning. This Hebrew word called shema. And this means pay attention or to focus and respond. Meaning that we need to be on the edge of our seats when we're reading the Word of God, when we're hearing the Word of God, so what? We can respond. And how do we do that? This was another word. John is going through, I think, a, a, a PhD program. So he picked up this method called heuristic method. That means it creates a natural or habitual response, meaning that we should be so close to God when he speaks, we respond. But how do we get to that point if we don't spend time with him? We put God on the back burner. We don't put him first. We don't make time for him. But so we want to get to the point. So when he says, go left, Brother Ronald, okay, go left. Okay, keep straight, keep straight, go left. No, no. Or when we're in a situation, how do I respond to make a decision? Am I putting God in the equation? Amen? So, uh, and here's the thing. The more we know God by reading his word and meditating on it, praying, living holy, because we can do that, right? 
we can live holy and be obedient, we can respond the way God really wants us to respond or how he would respond. You remember the bracelet? W, was that? What would Jesus do? The reminder, what would Jesus do in this situation when you're confronted with an issue? How do we get to that point? Looking at John chapter 10, verse 27, it reads, My sheep, what, listen to my voice. I know them, and they what? They follow me, or that's the do. So there's three things in this that I picked up. The first one was listen. We heard about that. Listening goes beyond just the perception of these sound waves. We got to what here. I remember, and this is when we have to actually put into action. We got to remove the doubt and respond. Hear, be attentive, focus, respond. I think you recall the sermon or the passage in scripture where uh, Jesus was preaching. This gentleman heard that Jesus went to town. His four friends, he was on a stretcher, a paralytic. They did what? They climbed to the roof, laid him down, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Rise up and walk. The man heard it and he responded. Rise up, take up your bed and walk. And the God did just that. So God is speaking to us today saying what? Guess what? If you listen to here, we can do the same thing. We can lay hands on one another and say, be healed. Be whole. Be set free. Be delivered. We have that same authority and power residing in us. But we have to shema. We have to hear, be focused, and respond. But the issue is we're not responding. We're not responding. The other thing is to know. We have to know this is one of the most precious things. Time. Time. We got to spend time with him. We have to know him. We have to get to know him. We got to know what he likes. We have to know what he hates. Because believe it or not, God hates some things. Amen? And then the next one is follow. We got to become a disciple. We have to fall in line. We can't talk back. When I was taking karate, uh, my, my, uh, uh, my sensei, thank you, he actually, I couldn't talk back. You just, you just listen and respond. You do. Amen? You do. And so that's how we have to be as Christ followers. We got to listen so we can follow, so we can respond. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you this. Have you ever started something and you never finished it? Like, I'm going to lose some weight, so I'm going to eat right, I'm going to exercise. Amen. Or I'm going to roll in school so I can get my certificate or my GED. I'm going to go in back. You start it, but you don't finish. Or I'm going to clean my, I'm going to start with something simple. Felicia, I'm going to just clean my closet. I'm going to organize some things so I can bless somebody. Amen. But we never get started. Man, I remember a time when my mother signed us up for piano lessons, me and my brother. And my mother was a nurse, so she knew it was some benefits if you place a, 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 a musical instrument. And so here's some benefits uh, that uh, are benefited when you can play some, an instrument. You can improve. Some, who can improve in counting and doing some mime skills? You can put them up there. You can put them all up there. These are some of the benefits. And what has happened was um, the scientists have found out that musicians, when they play music, the brain lights up. 
there's a lot of activity, creativity that goes on in the brain. And some of the benefits that I love about music, and even when you listen to it, it actually reduces some of the stress. It reduces your heart rate. It helps your breathing out. It helps your breathing out. But guess what? Piano lessons were on Saturday morning, and guess what came on Saturday mornings? <laughs> Messed me up. So, of course, I watched cartoons. Piano lessons at 10, I finished watching cartoons at 11. Then I go, to the, go down to play the piano, go get to practice. I meet my friends, get distracted, never make piano lessons. So that's jacked up. So I said all that to say this. There are times my wife get on me all the time. She says, stop remissing. I said, man, I should be over there playing with Casey. And, and I should be over there playing, man. I should, have, I should be playing, but I didn't listen. So listening, if you don't listen, has consequences, amen? It has consequences. So real quick, uh, we went over. Um, we need to know that you are actually loved by God. We must stop, um, busy ourselves, be attentive so we can listen to God. And then the last point I want to leave you with, since we're launching and getting ready to go into 2020, uh, I want you to know that God honors those who honor him. We have someone in living color, Pastor Keith. I've went around this city multiple times and I hear nothing but countless things about being honorable. We have an honorable man of God who tries to emulate and please God, who models godly character. And so the last one I want to leave you with, we should desire to honor God with what? Our lifestyle with our lifestyle. We need help in this because uh, you can't do this thing alone, I, I said earlier, right? We need some help. So I've heard it said that we need to seek after a Paul that's been mentored, and then you need to help someone else out, that's a Timothy, so you can mentor them, amen? And so what we need to do is look at Ephesians chapter five, verse one. It says what? Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his children, we need to imitate God. Because children, what, follow what? Their parents. And we got to be careful, right? As we're going to be imitating. One of the things I, I, I got to be careful, now I'm a grandparent, my, daughter, my, my grandbaby Coraline, uh, she rolls around in a stroller now, and we have this garbage can that you just wave your hand and it comes up automatically. So she was studying me, watching me, saying, what is he, how is that thing coming up? So she would sit and observe me, and then she got the, the, enough energy to go over there, Martha, and do the same thing. She'd see that thing go up and down. And so what I'm saying is, people are watching us, our lifestyle. It was said that six people that you don't even know are watching you at all times, that don't, really don't even have a contact with you, but they're watching. They want to imitate you. So as we follow Christ, as we become Christ followers, guess what? That's attractive. That's what we want to do. Amen? So I want to leave you with that, is that we need to be Christ followers. We need to do that check in the mirror and say, God, am I measuring up? Am I pleasing to you? And so I just want to share with you that uh, the takeaway, or actually, I want to share this quote with you. This is from John Wesley, uh, if you don't mind.
John Wesley, he was uh, one of the individuals, a theologian, that caused a revival. And I want us to be revived and refreshed as we go out and do this. And we want to do some good. Not saying that good saves us. We're not saved by our works. I do my works because I am I'm, I'm saved. And so John Wesley said this, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to what all the people you can as long as ever you can man i want to please god i want him at the end of the day brandon say well done at the end of the day those are the words i want to hear well done here's a takeaway we need to know that you're what really loved by god Take a moment, stop, unbusy ourselves so we can be open, be attentive so we can listen to God. And we should desire to honor God in our lifestyle.